Yes. 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 New for 96. With your hosts, Kevin McCauley and Chris Nguyen. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. If we use yes. that as the sound, the test for the levels, it's just going to sound like a table read for a pornography. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then that you say yes, and then you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good bit. It's a very good bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save that one for a dinner party. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't know how I'm going to test people's levels at a dinner party. Mm. I usually, I'm usually very testing <laughs> <laughs> to begin with anyways at dinner parties it's an elaborate thing where you say we're going to do a podcast just so you can make that setup. yeah pretty set much that that's joke. it all right yeah thank you folks let's call it a night so we're back we're back so after a mild hiatus we're going to go ahead and call this season three it looks like we planned it that way i know yes. yeah even though i mean it was our season finale did we have a cliffhanger yeah i thought you died uh yeah well jordan was here <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> I died a little bit when the mirror snapped off of my little Carrera 3.2 model. Oh my god. Yeah. That is actually something that is probably not known because it's been a little while since we recorded that. Yes. So in between. We, we usually talk have... about that. Yeah, that happened after the record. That happened and after we posted, the record. I posted a picture of it on the Instagram in like the fifth slide of the, of the pictures. Yeah. So not to embarrass Jordan... But we had, so we usually have uh, model cars, 118th scale die casts on the table, a selection of them. And I think I had a bunch of air-cooled because it was Jordan Ramelgej of Modern Air-Cooled. I don't know why I'm like calling him out very specifically I mean, right now. I think now. we all know why. <laughs> I feel like if you're around die casts not very often and you want to pick one up, there's only one natural way to do it, which is to kind of like King Kong it and come down from the top and pick it up and basically just squeeze the sides. And so one of the mirrors popped off mm -hmm. of my, I think it's a lime green Carrera 3.2. It's and a good model. It's a really good model. And, and and so that model to the people out there, this is like easy to find, right? Like it's commonly available there. They, it's still in production. You can buy a new replacement. That's what I told Jordan to make him feel better. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. No, Jordan was very nice about it. He did not need to like do anything, but he surprised me with like a replacement of it, which he absolutely did not need to do. But I was very appreciative of wow. that. And then I promptly broke the mirror on that. <laughs> We've got a good show. We've got a good show. A good... We've had some time. We had to some time. We have some topics. Ruminate on things and workshop topics. I have got yes. Some insane segues. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can't wait. So whenever we conclude a topic and move to another, I will announce, here comes a segue. Yeah. And then I will smoothly glide into the next oh, subject matter. Oh, my God. And then we will... That was not meant to sound sexual. Then we will commence <laughs> with the next discussion topic. Okay. This so, is very exciting. Stay yeah. tuned after these messages, <laughs> which is to say the rest of this podcast. So... <laughs> So, uh, what do we got? Oh, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> um, first, Why did I write out these cue cards? The first, the first, so my, the first thing I wanted to talk about was, this is something that was kind of on my mind. This is a uh, patented Kevin's Corner rant. Oh, dear God. About... This is like Andy Rooney, but yeah, somehow <laughs> older and crankier. Kevin, Kent Brockman's My Two Cents. Yes. Um, just thinking about how... We used to, when we were growing up, we would read the car magazines. Yes. We would read the performance figures. We'd yes. read the numbers. We'd yes. read the, com the comparison tests. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really exist now in a capacity where people talk about it. And you get with your friends and you talk about it. Yeah. We don't, so... we don't really have that. Car magazines still exist. They still have a place. But it is a obviously diminished capacity. Right. And, and the thing that serves as our automotive water cooler is... Did you see this auction? Or I send you a link. Look at yeah. this car. Look at this. Right. And then it's like, oh, all the best. You know, to see a lot of the, the of good car pictures or to see a lot of yeah. interesting cars. And it's for sale. And it is, it's just what is dis so, disturbing is that like we've taken this thing where it's like we loved the car magazines. We love cars because of the enjoyment of cars. And now it is like tied into commerce. You're talking specifically about basically what car culture has become on 
like at least in a conversational level where perhaps where you start talking about where we might have in the past talked about like you know uh in the mid 90s like an m3 uh c63 s4 like compare of right. some kind and then talk about that and now it's more like did you see what that euro e36 m3 went for on yes. that yes and etc or i send you a link and we immediately talk about the price and the wear and the yeah seats. but no yeah i agree with you like now it's about the value of cars which is very strange and it's i mean even if even or if the I'm rarity sending, but even if i'm sending you like look at this you know amazing car or weird race car, weird race car or whatever even if i'm sending you a link it's we're not necessarily talking about the value but the value is inextricable from right it. it's on the page it is a part of it it is discussed and so even if that is not the thing like you know we find the price of cars to be the least interesting thing about right. cars well, but, but like what's when we send each other that stuff it's like the the value is a bigger piece of the pie of discussion than it was 20 years ago it is especially because it it doesn't it's not just vintage cars it it's now new cars as well because people are just buying and flipping cars and so like new interesting cars you can talk about it basically from the standpoint of like having read something on a blog about this brand new car, but eventually it's going to, what's going to take over is the fact that these are selling for like a hundred thousand dollars over MSRP. Right. And so that will be the conversation that takes over, you know, performance aspects or whatever yeah. of it. And so it's like, I, I don't blame bring a trailer for the price of cars. Like I think it's a million other factors, not least of which is that new so, cars are, not delivering something that why, people want. Why do you think it is that we, we, and I say we in a very broad sense, because now it's just basically people who notice cars. They're not even necessarily interested in cars. It, why they're so focused on the value of it. And you know what, you and I, I mean, I'll send you things as well, where I'm just like blown away by like auction results, this right. or that. And yeah. so, and, or just even just casual it just it all comes back down to like the first thing you look at is what the auction result is right is that that the most fascinating thing now about cars is what they're worth i yeah i don't know i, I mean it just seems like every element of our culture come is like just funneled towards money and commerce and yeah you know finite resource finite resources and haves and haves not this is just reflecting on that as well it is very much that, and I'm trying to think back in the past, like, how was, I mean, even when, it, you know, in the mid-20-aughts, like, what did we talk about? Like, how did we communicate when it came to talking about cars? I think it was like, did you see the latest, like, Top Gear segment or this car yeah. reveal? I, I think talking about car reveals was a lot bigger because we were excited yeah, because I agree. it's like, oh, this is the new whatever. Therefore, it's better than the old whatever. And now it's like when a car comes out in 2022 or 2023, it's like, well, it's probably going to be worse in a lot of key ways than what it replaces. You know what? Even on YouTube, say, for instance, like car reviews are often framed around how much the car costs from the start. And whether it's kind of like a $100,000 bargain, now like it's $10,000, yeah. like this and that. Uh, or like... You know, this is the best three hundred thousand dollar car you can buy, uh, or whatever. Like the review, like it, it does seem to be framed around value, yeah, monetary I, value. I guess, th I guess that is like the overarching metric that is a lot easier for people to grasp, especially if they're not as interested or they don't know the history or they're not like yeah. super caught up on every single thing or whatever. They at least that's a metric that anyone can grasp. Yeah, and either it's shockingly low or shockingly high, but it's. Uh, approachable yeah. in a way that like extremely car nerdery stuff might not be. But yeah. you know what I was just thinking is when I talked about how what you know in the in the mid two thousands, I remember two thousand to two thousand ten, it was just, you know, I would read old Jalopnik, read old Autoblog, and you see the car, you know, they would reveal photos or, or yeah. auto show reveals and it's like, oh, did you see what that looked like? Did you see that car? And um, and the, the thing that kind of reminds me of that now, the only time we see this is where it's like, did you see the new, like, Korean car design? <laughs> like, did you see the new, like, Elantra N or something? You know, yeah. we kind of would text uh, with our 
groups of friends where it's like, oh, did you see that? Or like, did you see the new Genesis design? Because a lot of these are just such bold, interesting yeah. designs. It's kind of the only place that we see that today. Yeah. Where there is just kind of the shock of like, hey, did you guys see oh, how yeah. crazy this car looks? That That is exciting that that's like one little facet of... uh of that excitement that we used to have just kind of with all car uh, design and sure. And, and now it just kind of only exists in this slim plane of existence. It does. I mean, they're actively trying to produce interesting. They're trying to find like the next greatest way to approach car design. I, I feel like versus yeah. like, say for instance, like the new Accord just came out yeah. and it's extremely bland. I'm surprised because the last one looked pretty good. For whatever reason, they just kind of like straightened out lines, kind of simplified detail. And it went backwards in my opinion. But maybe this is just where like easily digestible car design, things that don't mean or ever want to offend because it's a volume seller. I mean, Hyundais are also volume sellers and they seem to do fine with their... I mean, I was driving behind a Sonata the other day and I love that tapered rear end, yeah. like how that looks. And the front is controversial. Like, yeah. you know, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. But that rear end looks so good. So it, crisp. You know, I actually found myself the other day a little bit curious about, you know, what about a Genesis? Like, could I see myself, you know, buying a, a G70 manual or something like that? Uh, and while it's not quite the car for me, or nor is Genesis cars in general, but I started thinking, like, they're really good looking. Like, I find myself drawn to them. Yeah. And mainly just from a design standpoint, they it works. Yeah. What's next? Oh, Okay, I'm preparing to launch into a segue. Oh, no. Speaking of bring a trailer. Yes. Our friend, Bradley Brownell, mm -hmm. is making a new website venture. I mean, I think it's just like a fun little website he's putting together. But Wait. He, what? Is, are the initials B-A-T, bring a take? A take? Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Actually, it's a website kind of like how bring a trailer started, where bring a trailer just used to be here are some, we've poured over all of the classifieds on the web, and here are some interesting cars that we have highlighted. Yeah. And so he and some friends, I guess, want to do that, but for probably, probably some classifieds, but a lot of like auction sites. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a thousand cars a week on BAT. Yeah. So how do you find something cool or interesting or whatever if you're not getting, if you're not reading every one of the emails and looking through the site every day? So they will just kind of collate the good stuff from various auction sites um, around the web. So we will actually, we will possibly insert a call with Brad, just a little chat and he wants to talk about it or we might not. And if he doesn't answer our call, we will then be doing his voice. We'll be reading a transcript that we've written up ourselves about this. Now this sounds interesting because bat was, I don't even know. I don't remember how I came across bat in the first place, but it was so, like, I was immediately drawn to because I was already looking at classifieds all day long anyways. Yeah. And there's another one, too, called German Cars for Sale that I still follow. Yeah. And they never update. They do. Okay. Actually, they update, like, I think multiple times a week still. Okay. Yeah. I only know that because I still have, like, an RSS reader. Oh, uh, okay. When I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I'll, like, scan past a few posts. But my Carrera was on there. Whoa. At like in twenty when it was really low fourteen oh yeah like I think it was listed at twenty grand or something no, I meant like oh. lowered oh it was lower yeah both yeah both in value see I can only go to the value <laughs> so yeah. uh, and it was like yeah like when it was listed maybe we'll post a picture from it but it didn't have a tail at the time and it was extremely low like the tires were above the fender line so yeah. it was low yeah anyways so that sounds interesting though yeah. Let's I've... see what Brad has to say yeah. right now. Hello. Well, hello, Brad. Good to talk to you. Um, yeah. So, so tell me about Parked on the Block. You know what Bring a Trailer used to be before they were uh, an auction site? It's kind yeah, it of like, like that. It was just finding cool classified from around the web. Yes. And so we we were having a conversation. It was me and the the guys from Auto Off Topic and a couple others that are involved in this. And we were all kind of talking about 
there are too many auction sites these days, and it's impossible to follow all of them. Because, like, just bring a trailer alone, there's, like, 630 auctions running right now. And wow. that's a ton. And, that, I mean, so you've got, not only do you have bring a trailer, but you've got cars and bids, you've got P-Car Market, you've got Hemmings, and you've got Haggerty and, you know, Marked. I know that's your favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, Trademark, register mark. <laughs> and... So, you know, not only that, but you've, you've got all of these online auctions, but then you've got the in-person auction, your RM Sotheby's and your, you know, uh, Barrett Jackson's and whatnot. And then you've got the traditional sources, the eBay Motors and the Craigslist and the Facebook Marketplace. It's impossible to find anything, let alone, like, you find a cool thing and maybe you'll post it to Twitter. You know, we're kind of out there, there's six of us right now that are out there scouring the Internet to find weird stuff that really gets us going. And we just want to show it to all our friends. So that's kind of what the site is. I don't want to call it a throwback to forums, but it's a little bit that. There's a comment se- there's a comment section. There's a place where people can submit cool stuff that they've found. There's, you know, we'll, we'll have occasionally we'll have some unique listings that aren't available anywhere else. You know, friends of ours that are selling stuff or readers who are selling stuff. We'd be happy to listen. You're going to your, start doing your own auctions, and you're going to follow the Bring a Trailer playbook. We are. We will not be doing our own auctions. No. <laughs> okay. We aren't charging. We aren't charging anybody for any of these listings. If you have something that's cool enough, it's got to go through our coolness filter. Occasionally, we'll we will post something that's unique. We're also going to be bringing stuff like auction coverage, either going to auctions or watching them online, or telling you about the market. What's a good buy, what's something you should probably think about selling. We've got some people on board who are real critics of this stuff, and they really know what they're talking about. And then you've got me, who just likes to bullshit. So Yeah, I, I see that you I, – I see something about the Saturn-esque series, and I'm thinking maybe this is just a place for you to post podcasts that, as well. That is not – that oh, was not, not you. Me. That was my wife. Ah. She's just as bad as I am. <laughs> that's that's impossible. You're right. You're right. What what's been uh like some of your favorite finds just in these early few days, few week or two? Yeah, we're we're four days in. Found really a lot of really cool stuff. I liked the uh the Celine S1 Cup that I posted yesterday. It's a racing series that never existed from a company that no longer exists, and you won't find any support for it anywhere. And Celine says that they created a, a bespoke engine, but it turns out it's actually an Ecotech. So, okay. you know, really cool car. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, That's as far as anybody can it. tell, it's based on the Artega GT, which Henrik Fisker oh, yeah. designed in 2006. And then, uh, yeah. the rights for it were bought by a Chinese company, which merged with Celine and they decided to start making them in 2019. It's like an aluminum chassis with a with carbon bodywork. It weighs like 2,500 pounds and has 440 horsepower. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But like, it's a race car that you're not going to be able to get support for. So I don't really know what purpose it has other than maybe you take it to a couple track days and then in 30 years you can do some vintage racing with it or something like that. But they're asking 100 grand for it. So it's like, is it a toy? Is it a cool, you know? But it's it's weird stuff like that that gets me going because it barely existed. They ran one race and then the series <laughs> shut down. So. Amazing, amazing. So, well, I'll tell you what um, I like is this. I like this uh, this Pajero from Perry Dakar with yeah. the uh, Nikon sponsorship, which is so cool. Yeah. There's so few. There's so unlike Canon. There's so few cars in racing history sponsored by Nikon. Absolutely, yeah. That was a – Andrew Pastorella found that one, and a very, very cool car. It, it placed on the podium at the car, which is That's awesome. amazing. And it and it's got this – it says on the side, Sun Auto Mitsubishi, and Sun Auto is like I, – I remember it was like a dealer group or something in France, in France. or something. They, yeah. they did those 914s. Yes. They they won at Le Mans with, nine, with a 914, won their class. With yeah. a 914 in 1970. And that's cool. We're doing fun stuff too. I mean, Amanda, my wife, has a new post that went up that she found cars for sale that are all of the cars from the movie Clueless. Oh, so, yeah. This is amazing. So she went through and went through uh, Internet Movie Cars database 
and said, okay, well, this is something you – maybe we should do the cars of Melrose Place because you guys would love that. Uh, Chris, he's already <laughs> making the list. <laughs> but um, she did the cars of Clueless because she loved the movie and still this does. Is amazing. And so she went through and found the, the four kind of hero cars from the movie and found them, versions of them for sale online on Craigslist or on, on eBay or whatever and did a little – this is what I would have changed if I were casting the cars for the movie or whatever. So, oh, that's uh, fantastic. It's kind of a fun little thing that she did. And, uh, you know, we're just pulling yeah, from great idea. every little place. And that's we're going to cool. have, if you're familiar with the Bid Nerds on YouTube, they are going to be joining us. Uh, it's a YouTube show that basically goes over the coolest cars and best finds and, and Porsche nerd stuff and whatever. Uh, it's basically a short podcast that posts daily on YouTube about uh, oh, cars wow. that are on auction sites. So they're going to be joining us. We're going to be posting their videos on our site, and they're going to provide some content as well. So we're we're just uh, putting together a, a team, and we're going to heist the Internet. <laughs> well, very cool. Thanks for uh, telling me about this, and I'm yeah. adding it to my RSS reader. I'm going to check this out on the regular. Fantastic. Uh, I'm sure you'll check it about as often as people listen to New for 96. Uh, with any hope, yes. Go check out parkedontheblock.com. Well, that was interesting, if not rude. Boy, those, this is a lot of cursing, but, you know, that's how he likes to promote things. You never things. know what you're going to get with Brad. <laughs> and he's calling it Parked on the Block. Pob. Yes. I'm already starting that as a trend. It. It's a rather grim segue. Yes. But I wanted to say something about Ken Block, uh, who uh, uh, obviously by now you've seen the outpouring of yeah. support and, and nice words about the man. I mean, no one has anything bad to say about him. It's like he was just extremely cool, down to what earth. What a tragedy, yeah. It to- totally is. And I just wanted to talk about a little bit, everyone has covered what he has done in his career why do you think he connected with so many people i mean it is a genuine like a genuine outpouring response of people that were moved by this and saddened by this and so many people are like you know i never i'm usually not down from celebrity yeah deaths but this one just really hit me i've, he, I've seen that over and over and over oh again. yeah why do you think that is he i think made automotive enthusiasm so approachable and I think people who weren't even into cars, like while they, you know, weren't actively seeking to be witnessing something automotive, like they were, and he made it approachable because he had this otherworldly skill, yeah, and ability for car control that was. I mean, it was like watching, you know, Olympic fig- figure skating, right? Like, where and, and not just and not just the car control, but also the having the creative minds with yeah. him to do cool stuff oh, yeah. and capture it so well and film it. And we're talking when this was like, you know, GoPro version one, probably with a lot of this stuff. And it's, it's just like to, to capture it in such an artful and amazing way. Yeah. Uh, in these early days of, of YouTube and everything it was so cool. Yeah. I think he, he like the way he made the cars move was like how you, you know, it looked like when you play with Hot Wheels as a kid and you're drifting and sliding them around and doing these impossible things. Sure. And he did that with the cars and it was captured. It was captured in such, you know, amazing, mm-hmm. all the spectacle to make it um, so cool. Yeah. And, and so just unreal. You yeah. Know? It, was, it was unlike anything we had ever seen. Yeah. Um, and even after 10 Jin Kana videos, like it didn't, it never failed to inspire. They just kept upping the ante. I never like once rolled my eyes at any of the stunts or anything like that. Like they were all just so original. You know, I don't want to like gush or also provide fluff to this, but it just was genuinely so cool. And I also didn't know that he was one of the co-founders of DC, like the shoes. Yeah, that's how he made his, you know, money to to get into racing. Yeah, Like that, you know, he made this successful business and then he got into rallying at like the age of 40. I we used to wear DC shoes all oh, the time, wow. like when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. So that's very cool. I I I love the thing again talking about the Hot Wheels thing. The where they where he would, you know, just throw the car backwards, and then the car 
you know, all the tires are spinning, and then yeah. the car just like starts to pull itself forward yeah you know amongst like all this force of of physics of inertia and then it uses all the spinning tires and a thousand horsepower or whatever to yeah. to pull itself forward around some obstacle it was just the coolest stuff like it's just that's like no one ever did that it's so cool i i think it's neat that he took the acrobatics involved with rally racing mm-hmm. and turned it into like an art form basically which is cool because i mean like it it's incidental that rally cars move like they do they just have to do that to get around the track and then he took that and put it into like performance art and how yeah how can you like you have this car that has this insane way of driving and how can you showcase that showcase that in a spectacular way that's what they did so i had dinner with ken in 2016 in canada at a rally fia rally cross Mm -hmm. i was on a ford trip I mean, it was like four of us at the table. It wasn't like I was in the same room. It That's was like cool. we were at a table of four. Yeah. It was his producer, Ron, and a guy from Ford, and Ken and me. And we most we just talked about, you know, these videos and just, I mean, because they had just done Jim Gymkhana that was, I think, in, I think, Dubai. Okay. And where it was like on a runway and there was like a 747 being towed and he's drifting around the wheels. And yeah, all this yeah. Stuff. It was so cool. And that and it was golden hour in that video. It was just so spectacular. We were, I was just gushing about that. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice, like really amazing down to earth guy. He provided, uh, you know, he employed so many people and inspired, you know, aside from the many millions of people he inspired, he like employed people and, yeah. and started so many people's careers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember what you had for dinner that night? I do not. Do you remember what he had for dinner that no, night? No, no. Okay. Well then. I do remember a different night I had poutine because I, I was in Quebec. <laughs> do you just remember because it was called poutine? Yes. Okay. Yes. As I recall, poutine is like cheese. It's like cheese on French fries. It's like mm. a whole bunch. It's like chili cheese on French fries and stuff, I think. I gotta say, a whole stuff, whole bunch of stuff. It does not sound appetizing to me. It's a, but it's a, it's a, it's a, a regional delicacy. expression. Yeah, regional. It's a regional delicacy. expression. Another word that I find like a cuisine. I don't know why I'm transitioning into mm. this, but like Vegemite. Oh yeah, I think we talked about this last week with Jordan. Probably. But anyways, I'm sorry. So I we was, only cover like three things. Yeah, I've like interrupted your tribute with a with poutine. No, I think I think that was Vegemite. it. I think okay, that was about it. That was all I had. Okay. There, a different night on this trip, there was this guy who was like a local journalist in Quebec, and he was saying, he was talking about how hostile Quebec is towards the English language. I could see that, yes. Like, it used to be illegal to have English signage. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that was not changed. I, I think it was changed somewhat recently. My favorite Gymkhana was the one in L.A. with the Hoonicorn. Uh, and he drifts around the donuts shop and oh in yeah, the LA River Randy's and all donuts. that stuff. Yeah, we were in L.A. We were in L.A. just w- not one month ago. Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah, just boy, it seems like it was just a month or two ago. Exactly. Yeah, I think it was a month ago. It was exactly a month ago. It was exactly a month ago. Yeah, that we were in L.A. So we missed out. Originally, we would have been in L.A. Perhaps a few months earlier than that for Luftkult, but we didn't make that. <laughs> Instead, we made it for another automotive event called... Autopia 2099. Yeah, I was going to... Maybe I'll add the uh, the reverb, like the futuristic reverb oh, to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Good. Or maybe to this part where I say this. this. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we went up to LA and the show was on a Sunday... We went up on a Friday. Saw some. We went up on Saturday. It was it was a show was on Sunday at Peterson Museum. Yeah, we saw lots of friends. Saw a lot of friends in LA. We had a good time. Yeah, and weather was strangely cold. Cold and misty. Yeah, like part of it. it had been unseasonably cold in Houston, and it was actually I think colder there in LA. What did you think of the show? <laughs> the show. Yes. Was very informative. Oh, good. Yes. I'm glad. Yes. I had never... Informative in that I had not seen uh, several of these EVs up close and in you person. You sit in the backseat of a Hummer 
I did. Truck. I did. Yeah, Jeff Glucker it's, had a Hummer EV. The back seat is about the size of a Camaro's back seat. The interior is surprisingly small. I mean, it was like being on top of a big piece of industrial machinery where, like, the cab is just like ten percent of the car, <laughs> and everything else is the car. And we did like crab walk, the crab mode or whatever it is. Which is a very unsettling series of like movements that the car does, which it basically just crawls. I mean, it walks like or rolls like a crab, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know what that mode is for, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not really sure. We've talked about. I maybe we've talked about the Hummer EV before. We don't have to go into it, but like, it really seems like for that amount of money, there are so many better options. I. I mean, I think it's. Uh horrific and awful yes. uh, on a philosophical level yes. but also all the other ones it's other 10, than that, pounds it's, it's ten thousand pounds it goes up to my head and if i'm standing up against the hood basically yeah i'm not that tall but still otherwise like i i get why people are gonna buy it right we live in texas yeah so there's no there's no rhyme or reason i guess just trying to if, trying to figure out why it exists is stupid and a waste of brain cells but we saw the ID Buzz, which that you... was cool. Oh, I thought you did not like it. I didn't like the interior as much as Golson, but also I, I like the interior. To... I I just like to jab at Golson and disagree with him on everything. Daniel Golson, Daniel, yes, friend of the show. I like to try to uh, counterpoint, ruffle everything. his feathers. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I thought that the colors were a little weird on the inside. and it was, I, I don't know. It I thought it was fun. Mine. It was very much in the spirit of, like, the new Beetle when it came out in yeah. that, like, it. I don't think it was meant to be, like, tasteful necessarily. I mean, I, I say that not to say that it was distasteful, right? but just that it was kind of daring in its interior color combination choices, materiality, etc. But I thought it was fun and clever, and I yeah. think it's going to sell. And maybe in 10 years, we're going to look at it in the same way that we look at the new beetle today or now the new beetle uh, is over how 98 was the new beetle right yeah the new beetle which i don't know if we've talked about this on the pod is a car that you put forth put forth the theory you don't see them no you don't see new beetles you do not see new beetles so uh yeah where have they gone like literally i think i'm maybe i'll see one once a month yeah it's if that about the same for me and they As sold a lot of them. Out, you see a lot more PT cruisers. You do see a lot more <laughs> PT cruisers. I've seen, I see multiple convertible PT cruisers, which is astonishing. You know what's weird about that? Huh? Is that it's a two-door PT cruiser, the convertible. You're like right. Like they never made a two-door coupe, but you could get a two-door convertible. It's, like it's very interesting. They had to like re-engineer yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Retool the whole to thing. To make that thing. Retool the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. So... ID Buzz. Yep. I think it's cool. I think it's going to sell really well off the bat and, you and know. on bat. On bat, too. I'm God, sure the, it, the premium will be quite high for the, the first few. The only time that I see the Hummer awful truck thing is on bat. Because every, yeah. every day there's one on there. There's yeah. always, there will be a Hummer truck over sticker on Bring a Trailer every day for the next year. Oh, probably, yeah. And then there will never be one on bat again. Nope. Nope. And much like... We don't see new like the newer Hummers H1 H2s anymore. I mean, like I'll see that they they've also gone the way of the new Beetle as well. I'll see one maybe once a month, saw, one or the other. I saw an H2 yesterday. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, terrible. I'm curious about like the person. I wonder if they've just gone to some used car lot and said, "Well, I need an SUV. I guess I'll, this'll do." No, or do I they think... seek that out? I think people seek that out. Much like the excursion where it's like you're making a statement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's weird is that as a side note to the excursion, which is basically just an F-250 with uh, a top. So, yeah. Yeah. I like the Centurion, the F-250 Centurion, which is... From like the 90s? From the 90s. Yeah, yeah. That for some reason is really cool and it's basically the same idea. Right, right. Although you can take off, like it's still, it's kind of like a Bronco where you can take right. off the rear top. Yeah. So, but anyways, I agree. The Excursion is just, it's such a good representation of like early, like late 90s, early 2000s SUV excess. 
Yeah. Anyways, I've always said I, I say this. I've said this on the pod before, but I remember the excursion was such a target for like this is such consumption. Like this is such excess. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like you, you know, Target's not necessarily like a great company but it's not walmart so everyone's like they're fine yeah you know what i mean yeah. it's like it, the suburban is not like that much smaller but the excursion was just like this is a bridge too far and yeah. people it was kind of a target for that and so i just i have this memory of like reading in the chronicle like autos section it's like oh ford is ending production of the excursion and then it just kept going for like three more years like yeah. i think they just got good press from ending production and just still made kept it going for with a few it more model yeah years. It- so, and speaking of like just highly inefficient vehicles, the Hummer EV, as I understand it, is also, it's an EV, but it's not green in any way. No. It is, in fact, like one of the most, if not the least efficient new EV on the and market. And it costs how much? $120,000? That sounds about right, yeah. yeah. So, there are just a lot of ways to go with that kind of money, but yeah. whatever. The show itself, what is your take on the show? Well, you did do photo lessons. I did you a little smartphone photo workshop. That was really fun. You know, I was kind of... And the car... The, the car was the Espanol Suiza. Yep. That's the official... Yes. Per brand standards pronunciation. Yes, I believe so. That might actually be the racist <laughs> pronunciation. I don't know. Uh, um, the Spanish hypercar. You say that with quotes. Yes. Um, I don't recognize the term hypercar i think it's stupid but yeah it was purple carbon yep. fiber and it was the subject for a little photo workshop which i actually got some you know it was pretty satisfying i got some good engagement and yeah talk to people and people seemed to actually connect with it so that was a lot of fun yeah the rest of the day was a little a little bit a little bit tough just a little sore because uh, you know the the rain just it, it yeah. kind of looked like rain all day it kind of kept the crowds away and and I think also the event was it's like we say it's like ten they said it's like ten to four on the schedule and yeah. it's like people are gonna trickle in over the hours if we, if we had all the people at you know eleven o'clock that we had throughout the day it would yeah. have been totally madhouse yeah but it was as it was it was a little bit less so yeah yeah uh, so. I don't know, but it's it's done. I can officially say that Autopia 2099 might be on hiatus. I see. Uh, <laughs> I checked with Brad on this. <laughs> see what I could say. Yeah, I think it's it's just it's it's tough. You know, we lost some of our founding partners mm. that that which got too busy, yeah. and then Brad was the busiest probably, and I was busy. And yeah. Jeff Jeff did a really great job of, and I know he's busy too, and he did a great job of like you know, locking down the venue and getting people to come in and just doing promotion and, and contacting and stuff. And it was, it was still, it was just, it was just tough. Like this event might've been a little too soon or just required more planning, more of us than we had to give yeah. currently. Um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's, it's tough. And it's just for the last, you know, eight to 12 months, my passions have lied elsewhere. Yeah. And, and, you know, my time is just, uh, it's it's tough. So it was it was fun, and we had a good trip. Yeah. Uh, but I'm ready to to, to move on to the next. Move on. Yeah. And, and yeah. step back from that for a little bit, and maybe the time will be right, and people will be like, "We want this to come back," or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it was, yeah. it's definitely fun. Um, our event a year ago was in end of 21 was was really exciting and a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'd missed out on that. Uh, happy to be able to attend I'm this glad one. You did. Yeah, and I did not bring an EV, but I did bring. But I brought an EV. You brought an EV. It was the Kia Nero EV. Yes. What did we think of it? You know what? Good car. It was a good car. Good car. If you, you know what? It's so funny because, so when I was briefly driving it because we had switched cars, I for. A, a period of the trip, I was driving. A... We'll get we'll get to your car. Okay, we'll fine. get to your car. Let's talk about the Nero EV. This is all my segue so, game is all it's all playing right into my. It's hands. all it's a really well put together package. In that, like, I have nothing to complain about. Like, it's meant to be. I if it fits right in the middle of the marketplace. Uh, as far as it's not like an economy car, but it's also not a premium car. Right. But it it feels not lacking in any way and i think 
sometimes that's the best thing you can say about an EV. Definitely. I mean, there's been so many EVs where it's like I've driven where it's like, this is so close to being really good, but it annoys me in these key ways. Or it's like, this is a great car, but it is $100,000. The one thing that I thought was interesting to note was that it did not have fabric seats. However, it nonetheless had printed fabric texture on, I believe, pleather or vegan leather or whatever it might have been. Yes. So that was a choice. I'm not sure why. I'm, uh, I know. When we picked it up, it was like, ooh, cloth seats. And then yeah, we sit like, down and it's like... Not quite cloth. Not, yeah. not cloth. It's just uh, simulated cloth. So... Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, like, the there is interest in that car because when I was driving it at one point, I had parked it, and there was a guy in a Golf EV. He, he got out and he was, like, circling the car uh, as I'm just, like putting or i was doing the meter the parking meter and he had questions about it many of which i could not answer but he was really interested in it i mean like he was going to replace the uh, e-golf with something like that yeah and there's enthusiasm for it so this, and this would be a killer replacement for that because this car was like forty six thousand dollars yeah. as tested it had a 250 mile range which is great for any oh, yeah. price i mean that's killer for that price it and is we, and Plus, we drove but, it for four oh. days, we took it up to the crest. We drove it back down. We drove it all over, all weather conditions. Didn't we still had fifty miles left? Yeah, yeah. Returning it, we never charged it. No, we did not. Yeah, <laughs> and it's unique enough looking. It looks. It's like it's not. It's it's funkier than a soul as far yeah. as like. I mean, it's cooler than a soul looking. It's, it's got it a, looks like a bigger soul as far as the form factor kind yeah. of. Yeah, it's got kind of a Chiron, uh, little it's like side the Audi, panel. The Audi R8 side yeah. blade. Yeah. yeah, it's like a chevron. Yeah, you so said chevron. I meant she- I'm saying chevron. It's kind of a chevron <laughs> shape. Fine, ironic. Chevron yes, indeed. On an EV. Uh, that said, I I don't know. Like, what is it? What does an EV six cost? Although it's not really the same class, is it? No, this is smaller. It's smaller. Yeah. Uh, EV six is, uh, I, I I think it's this ionic fi- size fifty five to sixty thousand okay. dollars. No, the ionic five, the ionic five, and the EV six are the same size. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What They're is the this? same platform. Is there an equivalent? This is smaller. No, this is this is like okay. I don't know what okay. this is. It it might be like no, I don't know. I was gonna say it's like sportage size, but there there is a Nero gas version. Yes, so there is. The, so I could not tell you what the equivalent of this is, but it, it is a smaller size and a, and a cheaper price, and it has like most of the amenities and features of oh, the yeah. EV6. Yeah. Um, and it was like a great size for LA because of parking, you know, yeah. like parallel parking, just tight maneuvering, yeah. sitting in traffic for many, many, many minutes. Yes. It was it was really good at all those things. Yeah. No, I mean, like literally, I mean, I mean, with the tax credit, I don't know what it is at now, like seven, $8,000? I think like that, that ended. Did it end? I feel like that ended at the end of this last it year. It was extended. Okay, maybe, oh, you're probably right. Or something like that. Yeah. But... So, but even at, you know, under $50,000, it's still a really good deal. I mean, it has just about every feature you could want, you know, dynamic cruise, semi-self-driving, heated everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was good. And, and very, you know, performance that you could not sneeze at. It was very, it felt very adequate, very more zippy. than adequate, oh, very yeah. zippy, very fun. On like... Angela's Crest, I was really surprised. Like, okay, so it didn't give you a lot of feedback, right. but it felt, it never felt like you were even when you were hammering it at, I don't know, let's say 65%, like it was still very confidence inspiring as in like the tech was really right. holding well, you the, in the place. The tires were working. Like you didn't feel yeah. like you were pushing it to the limit. Like you just felt like, Oh, like this is just competently handling just whatever going. I'm throwing yeah. at it. Yeah. Uh, and it was unfair. It was unfair to compare it to your Turo rental, yes. which we, we went in on, we shared this, yes. was, which was very unfair because it was like one of the most engaging cars, even in its, less than ideal configuration <laughs> that yeah. your Turo car, which was an E36 M3 convertible. Yes. And last it, year, 1998 in the car yellow. car yellow. It was so good. And that, so comparing the EV6 to that, where you get into those back to back, I mean, not the EV6, sorry, the Nero EV getting into those back to back where the, the E36 had so much feel. Yeah. And you know, the Nero, it cannot compete with that, but to its credit. Yes. After this trip, when I, I picked up my Sport Cross the next day after we got home, 
and I'm like, oh, this is not the same as the E46 or the E36. You know, like, because the, the, the Sport Cross, like the IS300, you know, was pretty clearly benchmarked mm-hmm. on the E36. Yeah. Like, they went after the E36. That yeah. was the car it was developed against. And the IS300 just does not quite touch where the E36 gets as far as, like, the steering and, and all of that and the feel yeah. of everything. Even our E36 kind of had, like, you know, kind of a weird pedal feel, but it still felt really yeah. good and really a, natural. It was a higher mileage example. It was a convertible. It was convertible and it was automatic. Automatic as well. Um, but, but it was great. It's just the steering uh, felt really good. I got to say, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I it it was, this is the, I the, I'll admit this is the first E36 M3 that I have driven. Me too. And while it wasn't perhaps the most ideal configuration, like you said, I I didn't know what to expect going into it. Honestly, uh, I've always wanted one. Yeah. Like I've always wanted like a an Estoril coupe, yeah, or a green sedan or something like that. Totally. But in manual, of course. This though, while not the ideal com- ideal configuration, it was. It still felt like it had just enough power. It had plenty of power. Yeah, I mean, like it kept up with modern day traffic very easily, if not like and then some. Oh yeah. And you know, despite it being, I mean, it's an old German car, so it's gonna have like squeaks and rattles and whatnot. And this was the convertible too, which meant that it was going to be a little bit flexy, but it didn't feel that bad. In fact, it was pretty engaging. Very engaging. And yeah. It revved like it, the transmission actually kept up with it pretty well. Yeah. Um, like I said, the steering feel, everything felt incredible. We took it on the crest yeah. and drove it and we took some photos. I'm so glad that we did that. Yeah. We, we get, we get to LA, we pick up our cars, we had lunch, we had coffee and I'm looking at like the next three days and we've got appointments with people. We're seeing friends and we're going to be doing this. And we're doing, uh, Autopia 2099 on Sunday. And I'm like, Look, I want to take photos of both of these cars. Yeah. I want to go drive Angela's Crest. I think the only time to do it is now, even though it's going to take us like 50 minutes just to get there. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And I'm so glad we did because we got some cool photos and we got to really experience these cars yeah. um, outside of the traffic because the rest of the drive, there was really not much engaging driving yeah. the rest of the weekend. So it was it was great. I loved that it was M3. Honestly, like a good putter around town car too, because in a way it would have been it would have been more frustrating in a manual in all the traffic eh, we faced. Yeah, maybe so. I, I'm a little less bothered by LA traffic, but I I I will say that like it fe- it was it's not quite slow car fast, but it's just enough so to where like you will rev it out a little bit and. I'm sure the manual, I would love to try the manual at some point in time to see, you know, how much different that might be. And especially because it was a, a convertible. I, I'm i a convertible fan. Yeah. And I put the top down, you know, whenever I get the chance, whenever we rent a convertible. And I think I have a little bit more tolerance than you do for like road noise. And so I will have it down on the freeway. Which I enjoy that. I mean, like I could be behind like a diesel truck, just you know, soot blowing in my face, and I will still be happy with wind blowing in my hair, the whole thing. And this kind of, you know, when we weren't moving fast, this was cool because the belt line was really low. Like yes. visibility was amazing. It felt oh, like you amazing. were like in a Miata kind of. Uh, totally. And so I enjoyed that aspect of it. No, where. I- I agree. My, I have less tolerance for a convertible like in Houston where, it went, you know, like I'm not looking at the sights. You know what I mean? Like yeah. on, a, on, a, on a trip, I won't say vacation, but on a trip where you're trying to take some, taking some pleasure drives and you're seeing a new place and it is appealing and scenic and I'm not trying to like listen to a podcast or something. Yeah. Like I, I, a convertible is great and yeah. it is great. But if it's like every day in my hometown, it would not be yeah. as fun uh, in my experience. Yeah. But no, totally. I'm, I'm totally with you. It, it reminded me, um, do you remember a couple years ago when I rented that E, the, the Z4M Coupe? Mm, yeah. And I drove it uh, with our friend Martin Grossinger's, I drove it back to back with yeah. his Z3 Coupe. I had a yellow Toro then too. <laughs> yeah. And it was driving the Z4 Coupe back to back with the Z3 Coupe. Yeah. Love both cars. The Z3, it's like clearly less of a sports car. Yeah. 
clear, you know, like the Z4 is like, oh, they were going after the Cayman and 911. And yeah. Stuff. The Z3 is like, this is like a luxury Miata. And, yeah. And sometimes that's what you want. Yeah. And that's kind of how the E36 felt versus the E46, where it's like the belt line is so low. I'm so exposed. It's like, it's just more of a, a sports car in that traditional sense yeah. of sports car. Yeah. You know, less of a performance it's... car. Pleasurable at low speed, where you know you're going to spend ninety percent of the car's use, and so yeah. so many people are focused on like the upper end of a car's potential mm-hmm. and it or abilities, and it's while that's great, you know the low speed aspect of it, the experience is important too, yeah. and this did provide that. In spades. So yeah. I'm charmed by it. I'm absolutely, absolutely charmed by it. I, it. It blew away my expectations. Yeah. The only... I really thought that the the spec of it would make it just seem like yeah. an old 3 Series. Yeah. But it really was special. And the yellow looked so oh, The yellow was so good. so good. The only thing that... Then this is more of an age thing, I think, more than anything else. But yes. that convertible top... Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's an old convertible. And it took... I don't know, 30 seconds <laughs> to complete its like and, whole and, dance. And if you're think, if you're picturing like an even slow 30 seconds, no, 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 no. It was like, there was like a section where it stops and you keep holding the button. And then there's like a recoil when it like jolts back like yeah. a foot in one <laughs> half second. And then it just like slowly cranks down and like, it's like shaking. The, the first six inches when it detaches from the A pillar is so slow. <laughs> yeah. It is like you're not even sure if it's moving and then suddenly it snaps back yes and then the tonneau it i you know okay so when this car like there was a clunk noise i don't know if you oh, ever yeah. noticed just yeah. what that was you mean it, during the top operation or yeah. just driving no no okay no, yeah during the top operation like basically i don't know if it was what part was misaligned but oh. basically the rear window when it flips forward yes uh, and the tonneau flips backwards. One of them is not moving far enough, and so every single they time, hit. yeah, every single time uh, you operate it, and it gets like I don't know, thirty percent or seventy percent back. There's a clunk where they collide. Oh, wow! And I remember doing that with the owner because he was showing me how the top works. Yes, I recorded it. Yeah, <laughs> he was very unconcerned that these two like pieces of the car were colliding with each other. <laughs> And then he taught me how to like manually tuck in the yes the the roof because like it anyways it's an old car yeah. it was an old car I'm sure like something that was refreshed and renewed it is a little smoother maybe mm-hmm. so but I'm charmed and honestly if the right convertible even oh yeah I would absolutely be into that especially in the right color and it has as to be the far right as color. 90s convertible tops go it's uh, still pretty good like the convertible top operation yes one of the best looking convertibles in my opinion absolutely of all time like it is the perfect boxy wedge Mm -hmm. and it just looks right it almost looks like it was designed to be a convertible yeah which is basically the best compliment i think you can give any convertible totally totally. so into it yes yes speaking of dakar yes porsche yes (laughs) released a 911 Dakar, not one and a half months ago, and we have not, not weighed our two cents upon that yes. car. So I think we should. Yeah. So what is this car? Actually, I can tell you. I looked up the specs. Okay. This is so everyone knows about this car, yeah. but actually, the 992. You might not. It's a 992 lifted. It's based. Safari'd. It's based on the Carrera 4 GTS. As far as the powertrain. Yeah. It has some extra bells and whistles. The thing that gets me. Mm-hmm. My initial thought, and I and I will back this up just a little bit. Can I ask no. you this no. before you go into no. the next Rant thirty mode? minutes? <laughs> yes. Do you think it's cool? Yes or no? Begrudgingly, yes. Okay, because it is cool. Yeah. There are a lot of things that surround it that are a little less cool, but now proceed with. Kevin Rand. Okay, well, so you know what's not cool? The Lamborghini off-road Huracan. That is like the least cool thing I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Yeah. But so I know I looked up the specs on it just because I wanted to get this right because my initial thought, my initial thought was that you know when you would see like those 
quote unquote base version renders of cars where someone photoshopped like a, a yeah, like, the black bumpers. Yeah, the 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 unpainted bumpers and steelies and a bunch of stuff. Like that is kind of this reminded me, but instead of charging you less money, they charge an extra hundred thousand dollars. Of course. And and at first it seemed like mechanically they've not really done much except to add literally like seventy five thousand dollars to the sticker price. I will go through what it has. So a, a so it has it's limited to twenty five hundred units. It has the the cooling system from the turbo. It has the GT3's rear steering, carbon hood, and active engine mounts. And it has tow hooks, skid plates, and a locking center center diff. Mm-hmm. So that comes at uh, I didn't an know additional, it had that, but that's cool. An additional $72,000 over the Carrera 4 mm-hmm. GTS, mm-hmm. upon mm-hmm. which it is mechanically nearly the same. And no one is ever going to be able to buy one no. for that <laughs> amount of money. But I think, be, I think, yeah, the I think the people that buy it will immediately make it uncool. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. No one cool is ever going to own that car. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right, yes. Yeah. Yes, and I think that's I think that sums it so, up. I think that's the I think that is the central quote of the Dakar. I think that it is a really neat exercise, and I am not a fan of the decal packages right. that it comes with. In fact, I think it's just so much better if it's just a solid color. Yeah, and maybe someone will come up with a cool one. I especially hate the fake Rothmans. Yes, uh, livery because uh, what does it say? Instead of Rothman's, like, race car or something like that. Oh, something generic. Yeah. Anyways, like, I get it's a tribute, and maybe it would have been it cool. It might say Rensport, or I don't know. Uh, maybe don't it remember. is Rensport. I feel like that's a business name. I know. It's like Rough Roads. Rough Roads. <laughs> yeah. It's just something. It's kind of like, okay. Yeah. One thing that I will say is neat, though, that is reflective of the company, is that this is, while Porsche did have the Dakar... Etc. I don't know that they would have ever been inspired to do this if it were not for the customer interest mm-hmm. by way of like this all the Safari 911s that have sure, popped yeah. up in the last you know five to ten years and like this is a car company that once again like does actually take interest in its customers' interests yeah versus say like BMW right which we right. have many things to say about but yes so. I think it's really cool. It's just too bad that like it will never be owned by cool people. So yeah, that, yeah. that actually reminds me of like I was thinking the other day about how Audi is like like there's so much love for like 80s and Group B and all this like and and turbo fan wheels mm-hmm. and box flares and all this cool boxy stuff and like yeah. Audi would be so it would be so befitting to them to capitalize on that in some way with like integrating that into their design and they like do not they, they have no part in that like they don't do anything that yeah. sort of like touches on that like that could really be an audi owned aesthetic like yeah. this boxy and 80s like you know like that kind of look in little flares or touches and they don't touch any the of that. problem is of course uh the audi ownership demographic yeah. which heritage uh, I don't believe is a factor in any form <laughs> with buying an Audi. And does, so, does anyone buy Audis now that all the worst people have moved on to Teslas? I don't believe so. No, <laughs> I haven't seen an Audi in ten years. But I, I, I texted this to you. I text this to you like once a month. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen a new Audi A8 in ten years. That is probably true. If I have, I thought it was an A6. Yes. Every time I think I see an A8, it's an A6. I would agree with you on that. I, I don't think they've sold one in the last eight years. I, I don't know what it looks like. I will not Google this. It probably looks like a long A6. And I've looked them up before because like, I figured they must be like a bargain now at this point, like a newish A8 of some kind. And they do exist. <laughs> But yeah, it's it, it just has like at used ones. We're talking like what's ones. a new one? What generation it are they just on? Car- I don't, when was the last redesigned? I think it's still on the same one from twenty. I don't think they've actually redesigned. I think it's been facelifted. Basically, they've just grafted the same like trapezoidal grill. No, not trapezoidal. You know the one five sided. It's a hexagon. Six, six yeah, sided. Yeah, six sided grill. Hexagon. Yeah. 
and the grill. So basically, just all, every, they all share the same grill. It's just small, medium, large. And while mm. that used to be charming in an old Mercedes, it's less charming in a brand new Audi for some reason. It's weird when I meet new... I actually know I have a friend. He and his husband have bought new Audis. When you say bought, do you mean leased? It is very possible. Okay. However, this could be a whole episode trying to dissect the psyche of the <laughs> Audi owner. So, yes. anyways. Boy, that was a lot of ranting. It sure was. Yeah. We are basically one long... Uh, like, our episodes are one long segment of, like, that Andy Rooney... <laughs> You've already brought this up. Chuffs, chuffs my beans or whatever it is that he like called it. Yes. R.I.P. I think he's dead. I'm not really sure, sure actually. He, he was very old. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Of course, do join us soon for another episode of New for 96. In one to two months. <laughs> no, it will be. It's 2023. It's a new season. It's a season three. Season three. Can you believe it? They've renewed us for another season. <laughs> so... Do follow us on Instagram at newfor96. Twitter, all the same, although... Mm, not for long. Not for long. We send us an email. Send us an email. newfor96 spelled out. That's N-I-N-E-T-Y-S-I-X. I feel like there's some missing letters there, but... <laughs> Probably. Thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>